1: Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season 10, episode 22, titled Here's Negan. Aaron, this is the one that everybody said was good. The bonus episode. They were like, don't bother with the other shitty ones.
2: This is the one you want to see. You've seen it. What'd you think? Uh. It kind of lived up to the hype. I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, it's not often I've seen Jeffrey Dean Morgan allowed to fly like this.
1: Um, he bounces a, a lot. He
2: doesn't get off the ground very much, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He kind of he's like a Tigger, you know, he just uh, mm-hmm. he's bouncy, flouncy, trouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. <laughs> One of the most wonderful things about Negan is he gets a showcase episode. Uh, I got some a little minor quibbles. There's a little con air bullshit where, like, the main you know, I guess, uh, inciting experience of Negan's life, uh, where he beats the shit out of somebody and loses his job, I, I feel like was for bizarre, uh, to me, reasons. But the show seems like that was a self evident, oh, well, that anyone, anyone could understand, you know. He, well, he, Guy guy was talking over your lady's song, of course you Um But I and then there's a little bit like I didn't quite like the bullshitty way the episode ended with him and Maggie kind of like in a stare down. I don't know about that, but like the actual thing about Negan, pretty amazing, even though mm-hmm. Man, like when we were in our, like, I think our fourth nested flashback, I'm like, this fucking thing better pay off or I am going to come out hard. Yeah. This is some ridiculous shit I'm watching. This was it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like side eyeing this thing going, hmm,
1: you're trying to pull a Nolan <laughs> kind of thing here. I'm not sure if it's going to work. Exactly. But when exactly. we started to like sort of traverse uh, back up from limbo, I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this is working. This, this is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, the the thing that uh, really makes this thing sing is that uh, they had uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's real life, real life wife. Jesus, that's a that's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And he has just, uh, you know, insane chemistry with her. Like, it was a completely believable relationship because I guess it's a completely believable relationship, Um, you know? So, like, I don't know how much acting he had to do. And. And uh, that's probably probably a lot of fun for a husband, wife duo to do in the pandemic to get together and finally oh, I'll see what you do at work. And I some mean, it's on. one way to keep your bubble pretty tight, huh? is yeah. like, well, your bubble's going to be true. your wife. And they, I, I hear they had uh, their kid be the cameraman. So it was all it was all good. <laughs> and how the way it retroactively paid off some of the moments with Samantha Morton's uh, Alpha. You know, when, uh, you know, like uh, I think Negan said something about having a thing for bald chicks. Oh, <laughs> like okay. there was a lot of stuff to where, like, I thought they were making the where he, maybe he didn't have to fake some of that stuff, a lot of that stuff. Um, uh-huh. uh, uh, or he was drawing on that. And it, it kind of like deepened my appreciation of his character. So, like, yeah, I I thought it was fun to see uh, Mr. Morgan here, Mr. Dean Morgan, uh, get to to really stretch his stuff, because I I mean, I've seen every time I've seen Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's been this guy, mm-hmm. like whether it was the comedian and watchman, whether it's Negan and The Walking Dead, he's always this kind of like self-assured, anti-heroic, uh, caustic, but but very charming and funny, hard ass. And uh, getting to see a slightly different side of that was was really good. And, I, and again, I I I wasn't sure the episode could sustain the narrative weight it was taking on, but I think it did. It did. It, it, yeah. it pulled it off.
1: Yeah, I, I think this felt like uh, it could have easily been a mainline episode. I didn't really look at this as a bonus episode about 15 minutes into it. I was like, man, if they had run this at the you know second to last episode of season 10 uh, in the main season, I would have been totally happy with it. Yeah. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan, man. I, I'm, I've always been impressed with his stuff, uh. But this is like, kind of next level for what I've seen him do. Um, you know, in Watchmen he's got like two gears basically. In this, I swear he has like three to five gears. Mm-hmm. He's he's got to play like three to five different dudes at any given time in this episode, and he nails every single one of them.
2: Yeah. And it's like, you know, they they did it. I think they walked a tricky tightrope because this episode could have easily gone the Han Solo territory or the solo movie territory where they feel like they have to explain every like, oh, yeah. Morgan, uh, you know, uh, Negan's a trash talker because he played Call of Duty with a bunch of fucking disaffected 13 year olds. Oh, yeah. And like, I thought they were going to maybe do that a little bit too much. Like, oh, why is Han Solo's last name Solo? Because Mm -hmm. a fucking Imperial officer Ellis Island moment. But they didn't. It was like just enough. And again, everything just like I feel like retroactively makes Negan an even better character. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he's always been a strong character. But like this show did violence to him. Yeah. And half of season seven and most of season eight, where you're just like, I'm tired of seeing this guy. We made fun of his hydraulic fucking bullet because he, uh, you know, he had a couple things he leaned on Mm -hmm. when they were having his character just do this fucking muddy yard job in the plot. and. It got a little bit much, but I'm actually so relieved to see him become an actual fucking character in the last two seasons. It's been it's been fun to see.
1: Yeah. And if they were going to do this episode, which they kind of needed to, because you you want the backstory for Negan, right? And We've right. heard it talked about sort of uh, on the fringes, but we needed to know more about his wife and what you know made him Negan and. If you're going to do that, you got to do it right. And I think they did, despite this being a pandemic bonus episode.
2: Now, I will say the one thing that like, so we're talking about this episode in in isolation. I really liked it a lot. I do have a little bit of concerns for where this is putting him and and Maggie, because Mm -hmm. as I recall, Maggie forgave Negan or not forgave him, but kind of made peace with it and like had an opportunity to kill him, didn't take it. Uh, was content to see him rot in jail. And it's been like, what, six, seven years after that. Um, I mean, maybe it's just seeing him out and open and reintegrating into the society. But like, I don't know that I believe that she's going to just go full on murder revenge. Um, Well, you let's take this with a grain of salt. Everything Carol says, right? Because you got to see it through the lens of Carol. If Carol were Maggie, that's certainly what she would do. But I also think, and maybe this is true to Negan's character, I also like again, the final moments of the show where he's like doing a stare down of the widow. I'm like, I may maybe not smirk at her. Right. Uh are you wanting to make an are you actually wanting to check out of the cabin in some kind of permanent or, or are you wanting to start a fucking fight and kill a beloved a political leader of the community? Because that's what you're that's what you're trying to do, Negan. So it's yeah. like I the last two seasons have been remarkably free of that kind of frustrating bullshit. Um, and if it comes back, I hope they're fine with me hating Negan or thinking he's a big fucking prick because, uh, I think if he goes forward with this, then it's going to undo a lot of like kind of my, ah, I've come around in this Negan guy business, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we should get into the recap. Let's
3: do it.
1: So we start off with Maggie walking little Herschel around the property, giving uh, Negan the stink eye. Carol takes notice and, and takes uh, Negan out to Daryl's ex-lovers. Is it Leah? It's Leah. Leah, okay. Her her cabin in the woods and says, uh, you've been banished by the council, which I think he knows is bullshit immediately. And then Carol leaves him in the cabin
2: with a rabbit. Did, did Carol discuss that with uh, with Daryl? Like, you know, is Daryl going to come with a... He- you, you did what you did what with my love Shaq Carol what you know right. like I, I I don't know like doesn't she have a fucking sad lady cabin uh-huh. on the outskirts of the kingdom that she could donate she has to give Daryl's ex lover the only person he's ever bonded Like, I, I, I don't know I, I was pretty pissed <laughs> off about that to be honest because I almost looked it up I'm like that can't be Leah's cabin one on the Wikipedia because totally I can do that now it's fucking Leah's cabin didn't yeah. like it uh, uh, also yeah. Missed opportunity. I thought to have Maggie and Herschel Jr.'s song be You Are My Sunshine instead of Doodlebug.
1: Okay. They I could have
2: retroactively it. made Maggie care, give a little bit of a shit for Beth <laughs> if, if you know, she had started, like, have a little continuity. I was like, oh, come on. It's Doodlebug's right there. I right? I mean, Beth,
1: Beth died first, right? Yeah. Uh-huh like come on honor your sister like i get herschel's dead but
2: name, well actually the kid Herschel might have died first he might, he might
1: have yeah i, can't I think remember. he didn't make
2: it out of the, 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 the he didn't make it out of the uh the, the prison that the yeah. governor killed him yeah. as one of yeah. his last acts Totally um, fucked up. what the other thing about i i do i did appreciate uh negan correctly surmising that is this a official council kind of thing or is this kind of Carol taking the 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 reins kind of thing. Uh and the way yeah. she just kind of smiled in her Yeah, I, I don't know. Um it's it it was a good episode hook, but it also does not show much in a way of personal growth from one Carol <laughs> Peltier. Right. She's still just unilaterally <laughs> doing shit. Yeah, banishing, executing, assassinating. Yeah. She's like fucking the yeah, I don't know, the Hand of the King or something. It's, it's wild the kind of authority she has. Right. Uh, Sinigan's drinking by the fire. What What's he
1: drinking? Is it a is it bathtub gin? Is that what he's got? Mm. I like to think maybe it's just water and the phases he's making when he's drinking are like, I know there are microorganisms
2: <laughs> in this. They're probably going to make me shit my guts out. <laughs> right, this is the, I wonder <sighs> if uh, I'm drinking the Daryl Backwash. Right. It's been marinating a couple of years, Uh
1: I don't know. He's drinking something by the fire. He's confronted by his former save yourself uh, with a big, I told you so. And mm. former Negan tries to convince new Negan that he's nothing without Lucille.
2: I thought they did a really good job of doing a de-aging effect with, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and make up and die.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's I mean, it's not like they're,
2: ra- they're, they're not trying to like erase four decades or anything, yeah. but like it, it clear continuity between uh delusion Negan and actual Negan, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, the
1: <laughs> motorcycle jacket helps, the bat helps, all that stuff. Uh, he, he actually he does have the bat in this scene, right? Yeah. I think
2: so. Maybe he doesn't because like he's making a point about it. we're nothing without Lucille, yeah, it could be. Uh,
1: can't remember, but then. He decides, yeah, um, I guess he's right. So he goes out, we get we get a flashback to Rick slashing his throat and Michonne saying, Hey, we don't have your bat, it's still out there. And so Negan goes out to the tree, um, you know, the the stained glass tree with a shovel and searches for Lucille. And it takes a while. It it's like the worst game of battleship ever but he it's eventually like Dis- it's, it's like
2: the camp from Walt Disney's holes. The movie, like there's no like archaeological grid. There's no kind of rhyme no. or ris- it? You're right. It's just like playing a shitty battleship. <laughs> right. Yeah, but
1: he finds her he finds Lucille. Uh, you know, it's always bothered me. The throat cut. I don't know how you feel mm. felt about this. And I can't remember us talking about it very much. Yeah. we. Uh, but yeah. It's it seems really hard to cut someone's throat in a way that doesn't kill them.
2: Right. Just saying. Well, it, well, if you let your mercy overcome your wrath, you'll you'll make that fractional depth difference between slicing a jugular and just nicking a windpipe. Right. Um, no, nah, it's always I think we said that was a bullshit like wound. Yeah, you know it's it's more like Glenn dumps dump. You know you want like oh the audience to be like oh my god Rick did it he fucking slit his throat beheaded him and then nah right. uh, like to be able to walk it back two seconds later. Yeah, the show
1: used to love to do that. They don't do that kind of shit anymore. Which is nice.
2: So it's bold of the show the rub its uh its our face in it. You know yeah. it's like yeah the dog pisses the dog pisses the carpet and you grab little Billy and rub his face in. It. It's like I mm-hmm. what the, I I I. What are you trying to teach me here, show? You, you used to suck, and you you've sucked me back in. You tricked me. Yeah. Made, you've tricked me to watching four four and a half bad episodes out of the last six. I don't know. I'm side True. side eyeing you. Uh, and then we start the the Christopher Nolan shit. Twelve
1: years earlier, Negan's being <laughs> held by some bikers. He's begging for his life. He apparently lied to these people about where he got the medicine for his wife's cancer. The guy threatens to destroy the medicine if he doesn't come clean with their location. So Negan says, hey, I've been tracking this group with drugs for the clinic for weeks. Um, this guy, I, I like this guy. I don't know who this actor is. Uh, some t- Crawford or something like that. But uh, this guy gives me like a Ray Liotta. Uh, Merle, like a combination of Merle and Ray okay. Liotta sort of thing.
2: Who is the guy who was in the original Blade and was on True Detective season 2? Stephen Dorff. He's kind of a poor man Stephen Dorff which is kind oh, of, which is which is a damning scathing indictment of him. But I, I know what you mean, yeah. he's got that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um where it's like, yeah, you probably were a big bad boss of a season of Sun's of Anarchy or something. you Yeah, you probably smoked um, a lot of blue cigarettes.
1: Or I actually thought cigarette. it was
2: it was very cute, even though I knew it was not what they were. But like when they have this big hulking biker guy with like a one percenter jacket walking in, it's like, you're what? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Negan was a fucking biker boss or something. Now he's getting his shit nice. beat out of him by a biker boss. Yeah. It's also it also kind of like, um again, this is a very gimmicky episode. And if you're at it with The Walking Dead, then I don't. But I actually thought they stuck most of the landings of the nested story. And one of the more effective ones is it was a good bit into the episode and several levels deep into, you know, limbo before I realized, are we before or after the zombie apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because between Negan's kind of shady, shifty nature and the American health insurance system, <laughs> I, I like, okay, he's stealing cancer medicine, but I I've seen breaking bad. This could just be, yeah. you know, he fucking lost a job because he beat up. a Yeah. So like, I. But so I thought all that stuff worked. That was like I was keep it was having me guessing, but not in a frustrated way I'm more of like, oh, huh, I wonder. And oh, OK, yeah. And, you- and the entire time, like, again, not in a frustrating
1: way or not in like, a oh, shit, they'll never pull this off kind of way. But it had me kind of also thinking about the structure of this episode a little bit. And every time mm-hmm. they would go one level deeper, I'd be like, Whew, they got a yeah. long way to go to dig themselves out of this nested flashback right. thing. Right. And I kind of knew I kind of could tell what they were going to try with it. So I knew Mm -hmm. they would eventually dig themselves out of it. Uh, And I could see it's like almost exactly the halfway mark of this episode. They start Uh
2: flashing forward again through these nested flashbacks. Not all of this stuff works. I'm going to deride some of it, but a lot. But but a lot of it doesn't. I tell you the other thing about this. This is the first episode where they felt like they had a full fucking script. Yeah, And they weren't just like, well, let's just have Melissa McBride roll around the table for five minutes because fuck me, we only have 32 minutes and that's not enough. We gotta have, yeah. you can't have one-to-one commercial and, and content mix. We've tried it. It don't work. They spit the dog food out. So this one actually felt like <laughs> it was Tabasco. <laughs> Um, I, I, this one actually felt like it was a, it, it it had something to say, and it was yeah. actually slightly longer than your average episode. So, oh. you know, uh, I was I think it was like forty nine minutes of runtime. So, and 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 none of it felt wasted or I was bored. And no. again, literally the first episode of the bonus episodes, I can say that that didn't feel like it had a bit yeah. of fat on it. So I think this is a story they wanted to tell and probably. You know, this was more than your average kind of webisode of like, Jesus Christ, we need to get to think, think, people think. What can we have two people do in the woods? You know, this this they had that they had a good, solid idea for. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Apparently, this guy's name, there's a little confusion about this guy's name. So it's it's either Craven or Baxter, depending on where you look, because in the subtitle on Amazon, it says Craven. Gotcha. But when you go to the X-ray feature, it says Baxter, and Baxter Hmm. was the name that they used for this character during the casting call. But Craven is the name they use
2: on like the fandom Wikipedia. Interesting. Is Craven his actual real name, or is that just because Jeffrey Dean Morgan calls him, uh, Deegan? uh, You know, says that he's a cow. Supposed to be the character's name. Why? That's such a wild name for a biker boss, Craven. Yeah. Yellow belly. <laughs> hey, 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 you want to sell drugs in our territory? You gotta talk to Yellow Belly, man. <laughs> you gotta talk to shit shits his pants. Hey, you. Hey, man. Like, you know whose territory you're in, brother? Just call him like I see him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I do wonder if it's a shout out to Wes Craven, right? It's a uh, oh. modern horror. Okay. Uh, yeah, they do like master. to do that. They do like to do that. Sure. Yeah. So. Then we get another flashback to two or three days ago where Negan's waving a gun around at the guy that he's tracking, um, who we'll find out is Franklin, but he gets jumped by barcode barcode. Yeah. Right? I don't remember fucking name. It's like Negan's
2: right tat. hand, uh-huh. I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Dwight fucked him or something. Yeah. We have some feedback where we had that the kind of trade, uh, just, uh, happenstance this week we got it to kind of tra- tracks the drift of different people's nicknames oh, boy, through, through the series so we'll get to that in the feedback section but nice. uh, that was I don't know they didn't really do much with it like I guess it explains how he got an early follower mm-hmm. um, yeah I but, liked it it, it was yeah. like they didn't have to say it just showing the barcode tattoo is
1: like oh she eventually like joins up with him and probably yeah. Franklin does, too. And this is the start of the saviors.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And how they you could see that maybe their mission had drifted, like maybe like yeah. a, for, they were a completely altruistic outfit. They got jacked and tortured and now Negan's going to be the strong man. And then how much is like, you know, well, hey, Doc, we could do a hell of a lot. You're going to do a hell of a lot more good with uh, Lucille and a polite world wor, word than we can with a polite word. And it just kind of goes from there yeah um because i always and thought that was idea a, of like better safe than sorry for cracking
1: negan over the head yeah
2: yeah yeah so like again they don't really they, they just leave the horse there they don't force it to drink and that's kind of refreshing for this show too right hey i got to make a couple connections without it being spelled out that's nice sure is
1: uh they take him inside uh, wait and they attend before, to his but, medical needs the, the,
2: yeah. i i don't understand why was negan like borderline hallucinating about the you know dummies the, the fake lookouts I, I well they say he's like
1: got malnutrition and exposure to the elements and exhaustion I, I get the
2: feeling that he's been out here for those six weeks that we're about to like flashback I felt like and maybe this is just a double stuffed episode they didn't have enough time, but like I felt like I needed a couple of transit where he was just gone on the road, kind of like the sun beating down on him. So mm-hmm. to really sell that because it felt like he just started ro- robo tripping. Right. Like the, sh- the the shit finally hit him. You know, it, it, it kicked in. But yeah, he, he yeah. took the last of the chemo meds with him and was <laughs> sucking on that to keep him going. Yeah, why not? They're going to go bad anyway. Right? See, it's amazing. You know, maybe you can get high off that shit. I don't know, but yeah, that, that's what I think. Just
1: exposure and shit. Um, yeah, so they take him inside, attend to his medical needs, and Negan explains the situation with his wife and how everything was going fine until dot dot dot.
2: Yeah, and this is good because they they also established that he's kind of very very Walter White. He's a high school teacher, oh in yeah. this case, a gym teacher. He's he'd probably be the one that because of up. course he fucking was right. Of course, he's a gym teacher. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to get a picture of of Negan here. Mm-hmm. Um so the high school gym teacher. He he tried to stick him up, but it's a, it wasn't unloaded guns. It wasn't. There's no no chance he was actually going to shoot these these nice people. He's just trying to scare him. So like a lot, a lot of this stuff was like, OK, I, I appreciate them doing a lot to very carefully characterize Negan. Yeah, that um, he's not like a bad dude. He's not like exceptional, exceptional badass. He's just kind of like a a, a dude. Yeah. I mean, he's
1: definitely a flawed guy in his old life. We'll talk about some of that, but
2: also, he's also seems not... like a
1: pretty good dude once the shit hits the fan.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, we, we've we had some fun with our uh, high school gym teachers on this podcast so far and over the years, and I'm sure there's a lot of good high school uh, gym teachers, but the, the, the stereotype is, uh, you know, they're teaching gym because, uh, you know, Somebody's got to and uh, they, they actually have uh, experts in the, the 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 English department and the math department and, you know, just just rubbing sweaty bodies together. It's set it's uh, sure. over that. But th- I think this episode goes out of the way. to show that that's not this is not a meathead, unthoughtful gym teacher. Yeah. You know, he actually He's is smart, smart enough guy. to figure out chemo and run the pumps and keep it going and get a system in the apocalypse and. So Mm -hmm. he's not he's not stupid. I don't think anyone thought that, but
1: no, I mean, in his earlier life, when when we see like flashbacks to before the apocalypse there, you get the impression that he's just like a slacker kind of guy who, you know, could do good things if he put his mind to it, but he doesn't see a reason to Uh, he's he's definitely a shit. Um, He's a cheating asshole for sure. But like, Yeah. yeah, I don't get the impression that he is not very capable. Right, right. So, uh, six weeks earlier, Negan is tending to his wife, keeping the zombies from congregating by shutting down the generator intermittently, and she keeps telling him, uh, go outside and kill those zombies. We're gonna have to eventually. And he finally decides to go out there and kill it, but he's so bad at it that his cancer-riddled wife has to come
2: outside and save him. It's ridiculous. Um... Yeah, she's like, the choice was, yeah, it's so funny. The choice was between watching a James Bond movie or him reading, I think it's Pride and Prejudice to her. Is it? Okay. And, and uh, yeah, Mr. Con- yeah, Charlotte, Mr. Colin has to be. Hmm. And he's like, oh, mama, this book sucks. And she's like, well, then you gotta go and kill the zombie. It's funny. I don't know. Like, he's so squeamish and I was. I was not sure if the episode was going to tell the tale of her being disgusted with his like lack of conventional masculinity mm. and that she was going to get die as a result of that. And that was going to turn him into the ultra masculine fucking. I, I felt like they were going a little bit that, but they, they didn't, they didn't commit to it. It's more of just like, you know, he, he had the later explanation of like, oh, I'm just scared. If I, if I get used to doing this, what might happen? Um, Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of other things like, for example, they had the they had the generator stuffed in a box and they like covered in blankets. Did can they not know that generators, generators are like internal combustion engines that can very much overheat and need like radiators or air coolant and stuff like that? Like I thought and, that was and don't
1: they need air like to to actually uh, do probably, the combustion? <laughs>
2: yeah, like I'm I'm sure it's like enough to. But like, yeah, like you got you want to muffle the generator so it doesn't attract the zombies. But you also don't want your fucking generator to, to burn up. So, right. But again, I don't I don't know if these if, if any of these people in the show have been out in the fucking woods, but uh I don't know. They're I, burning generator gas to watch James Bond movies. So Well, but <laughs> they have to, right? I mean, because I, I was about to jump on that too, but I'm like, well, they have to keep the fridge going. Right, right. Yeah, and that and the generator's gonna burn with the generator burns, so like what's the might fucking as well DVD? Watch a you know, might as well make my cancer ridden wife, as he said, get comfortable. Sure. But um but his get up, his zombie killing get I'm up these with gals. the fucking Jesus Christ, his Dr. Horrible sing-along blog goggles and his trench coat and he's trying to get it done with a hammer and a knife and he just can't do it which is Um, exactly opposite of what we've seen of every
1: other zombie kill right these these skeletons are basically mush
2: but I guess this is early on this is early on and he's like you know they're they're still trying to like kind of like avoid and maybe ride this out and maybe Mm it's so I'll I'll give him a pass on some of that stuff but like I mean
1: they're still in their house like yeah if you notice they're in the house in the basement that he's playing video games in before this whole thing goes down right so is this so his name canonically
2: Negan Smith Oh, was that on the mailbox? I didn't even look. It's like when he knocked it off, it was. Uh, uh, yeah. Negan's later to reveal as Negan Smith uh, as he drove by the, the Smiths as he as he smashed as he smashed a mailbox off his own. Which family
1: so. has the last name Smith and is creative to- enough to come up with the name
2: Negan? I don't know. Is me? Ne- I feel like Negan's got to be a real name, right? You think so? I've never heard that name. But I haven't. Maybe. Yeah, but it could be like a like a like, I don't know. It feels Gaelic to me. Kind of like Seamus or something. Yeah. You know, like Negan. Hey, hey, hey Negan. Negan. Get Negan off of the. Yeah, it's, it's off the Blarney Stone, whatever the fuck it is. Throw this uh. log,
1: Negan. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. Uh, we just lost all of our Scottish.
1: Scottish sisters. and Irish. Hey, both, Probably a yeah. good
2: chunk of the Brits, too. Oh, well. Why not? The, the went, smart ones have stopped listening to this a long time ago. It's true. Uh.
1: Okay, Negan searches for gas for the generator. Instead, he finds some weed, and his wife worries that gas is becoming scarce and wants to look for some other people. And Negan says, ah, we'll leave after your final three treatments. We're almost done with this thing. You almost got that cancer beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that night, he holds his wife and sings to her. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, come on, like this song, I, I don't know what scene you could put this song over that wouldn't make it sweet.
2: Uh, Yeah. And the fact that they bring it back for the last bit where she's, you know, is I, I thought extra, extra good. Yeah. I had someone joked on Twitter because um, I said that, you know, hey, this episode lived up to the hype for like uh, we know why they were dumpster diving through you know, the the closeout selection of adult contemporary in Starbucks because they were saving all their pennies to fucking license this shit and it was good. It was good. So uh kudos. Kudos for them opening up the wallet and and letting a few moths out. (laughs) Right. Uh so they eat some dog food
1: for their anniversary dinner, which I, I don't know, not really their anniversary, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And Lucille gives him his motorcycle jacket as a gift. And Negan apologizes for hurting her in the past. She invites him to smoke some pot with her and then they make love like it's Saturday. Mm. His fucking shirt.
2: S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. That's why they're all dancing. Uh, it's Saturday night I guess that's the that's the sex night is this the sex night I, for people
1: I guess so yeah you got nothing to do you're all rested up
2: from your work week you got nothing to do the next day it's true Get that's true on. maybe Saturday is the sexiest evening of the night just for that very reason that's you true got the full day of recovery you got a full day of doing nothing to look forward to the true hump day fuck? Saturday yeah yeah it's not in the middle of the week. That's the worst time. It's the middle of the weekend. It's the hump day of the weekend. <laughs> it's the hump day of the weekend. It's the summit. Uh, <laughs> the entire week, if you really think about it. Um, I And I was actually, I was kind of like conflicted when I was watching this. I'm like, I kind of, I wonder if they'll flesh out some of this stuff that they're talking about or just leave it like nebulous that he was maybe a womanizer. Maybe he had hmm. a substance abuse problem, but whatever, like the zombie apocalypse is his rock bottom and his wife getting cancer. Um, and and maybe I think it would have been a little better because I don't know, like all this, the, 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 the the very bedrock of limbo, I thought the core nucleus of all the stuff was not super interesting or compelling, but I, I guess I'm, I'm putting the horse before the cart here.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I,
1: they almost use it as like a before and after, right? Like the after is savior. Negan the before is, this dude playing video games and cheating on his wife and, and the guy you're supposed to identify with and be totally cool with is the dude he becomes after the zombie apocalypse happens. Mm. Cause that guy cares. That guy is a good guy. Um, yeah, they, they, they are using that as a before kind of milestone for him and I think it works mostly, but you're right. He, he just, we jump in the middle of a story where he's kind of an asshole. Hmm. for
2: unspecified reasons then when I hear it, it's like okay well that seems he lost his job because he got an assault charge but I'm sure that's all justified so it's, he he got to get bad and then I hear the thing like I oh, don't know he kind of had it coming okay what am I supposed to feel here like is he a bad yeah. is he a because also it's like oh he's a deadbeat but like it seems like that's only when he lost his job mm-hmm. and he's a high school teacher who just beat the shit out of a kid's dad so like he's probably unemployable Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like yeah it's like I, I felt like the more I found out about his circumstances the less I was like oh well this is a good guy this is a hard time and this is like no this is a guy who just habitually makes bad decisions and has got a kind of a hair trigger maybe that's what they wanted to tell the story of but I felt like I don't know I I wish they'd come up with a little bit like oh you know is he hot-headed or is that something I would put up with you know like beating right. someone up over a jukebox is so that's tough, Owen. And yeah. for his wife to be kind of cool with it. Like, cause every time she told the story, it wasn't like, Jesus Christ, you fucking violent psychopathic asshole. Why did you have to do that? It's, you know, mm. she was she she sat there and heard her two fucking songs, we'll put it that way. Yeah, I
1: kept waiting for him to say put the money back in the box, and he never did. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh anyway, I love his shirt in this scene. It's like when I talk about him playing five different dudes in this one episode, the wardrobe goes a pretty long way when he's, you know, putting on silly wigs and having a good time with a sick wife and he's wearing these fucking floral pattern shirts versus, you know, when he puts on the motorcycle jacket, right. Or when he's got his fucking work shirt on from modern Negan, uh, all those guys are very different and the wardrobe definitely helps.
2: Yeah, that's uh, they don't need to do like a sep- sepia tone or anything. They do it with uh, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dean Morgan's level of dye in his beard and uh the absence or presence of leather jacket or a work shirt. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: The next morning, the freezer has failed. I, I guess th- it got so
2: hot in their bed on Saturday night that the, the ice melted. Well, no, he turned off the guys Remember that he there's one more zombie out there and he said, I guess I should go kill it. But he gave that speech about I Don't want to be come that guy. And she's like, uh, let's just turn the generator off a while. But then they smoked pot. And then they and, fucked and it got so hot fought. in that
1: bedroom because of the no, fucking I, they're I, hot, I, They forgot.
2: They forgot the generator back on. Sweet
1: lovemaking that it overpowered <laughs> the freezer
2: or they forgot to turn the freezer they forgot to turn the generator back on uh i mean but it, but yeah sure? either, either of those things could have happened i mean that's pretty hot love making sure <laughs> i have no idea we don't even get to see a, 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 even a small bit of it no nah, it's just the you know it seemed like it, it was going to be good yeah why not i have no idea <laughs>
1: uh-huh. i i don't know she says she's feeling pretty good but what does that mean when you're
2: Six that's what i'm saying like you know that's whatever. what i'm saying like i like ah the this episode man this episode like could have been great because like i found myself thinking about that too like this is such a sad situation and then being in the zombie apocalypse where like you know it's it's already slim kind of hope but you're like even on it and and you're still in like any day. yeah it's like you know if the sex good or bad like it's a day you had sex with your wife and right you might this might be the last time um yeah. and it's like that stuff is like really fucking heavy and effective but like I felt like the episode kind of got in its own way um with some of the, the like I said the limbo shit but yeah Yeah maybe. I don't know. I I was kind of into what it was trying to do
1: so I didn't really feel like it held it back. Mm, all right. Um anyway, Negan you know the chemo meds have gone bad cuz the freezer has failed and Negan packs up and goes to search for a mobile clinic that he heard about um from some passers by. Lucille doesn't want him to go and says that she has something to tell him. And then we flash back seven months earlier before the fall, uh, before the apocalypse. And Negan is in his man cave kicking some teenage ass in online games.
2: Tell them to get their shitting pants on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is this is how you get better. Because his ultimate's finally off cooldown and he's about to bring the pain. <laughs> uh he just prestige <laughs> he's got two new weapons uh,
1: Lucille goes off on him for buying $600 uh, motorcycle jacket when he doesn't even have a job I I th- th- look he's an asshole and this line mm. is really shitty but I do mm. love the way he says I threw the receipt away and then just when she goes ah
2: he just kind of smirks yeah he's yeah. such a fucking dick
1: in this episode yeah.
2: but he takes it for it's granted good. she's always going to stick around and be there yeah
1: yeah for sure And his wife goes, and Lucille talks on the phone to someone. I guess it's Janine, her friend,
2: I suppose. Like a sister. Like I was like, it's either a best friend or a sister. Which and it's like whichever is more beyond the pale that you want to believe this woman put behind her. Um, Right. But like, I don't know. I feel like the assault charge and the financial stress and the lost job, or fucking her best friend slash sister Mm -hmm. i didn't think the thing needed both like i'm like oh well now okay (laughs) yeah okay he's been taking care of you for seven weeks in the pandemic honey no this is not made up for shit you're putting a brave face on it because but but and god bless you for it but like i yeah i just it just it just a little lost me there
1: yeah especially oh my god especially when you find out about the probation officer oh, the meeting God, and the, the uh, i'm like is, you yeah. motherfucker but yeah we'll talk about that in a second yeah so she's she doesn't want to give up on negan janine's like yeah he's always been an asshole whatever
2: What uh, she's, she's still kind of defending this him time is fucking him that's what's really it's like right? yeah it's like it's a, on the second watch i'm like wow this is <laughs> like everything was connecting it's like yep. yeah your husband you should leave him like to make so I can snatch him up or no, guess, he's a giant piece of shit. He's got, I got so little respect for him. It turned into having no respect for you too. and that's, It's wild. So.
1: Yeah. It's almost like, well, Janine knows she's been doing this terrible thing to her friend. And if they were to break up, then it would kind of make it okay because mm. this guy was an asshole and she was just like showing that he's an asshole. And if yeah. she never found out before they broke yeah. up, then what's the big deal? It's, yeah, this this seems like Janine is also a huge asshole and is just trying to protect herself here or make herself mm-hmm. feel better about what she's doing to Lucille. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah that's a good analysis.
1: A bad scene. Uh, not, not the scene in the show, just mm-hmm. this whole situation is bad. Uh, yeah, so over dinner, Negan says, hey, I can't take you to the doctor for your uh, exam or whatever, the results from your tests, because got a probation meeting. So uh lucille goes alone to get the news that she has cancer and then she out in the parking lot calls negan to try and drive her home then she calls janine and no one's answering and then she calls negan's probation officer who says what are you talking about i don't have a meeting with this dude for another two weeks whoops oh shit and then she starts flipping back and forth on her phone
0: hmm
2: janine's not answering
1: negan's not answering
2: this is good. I again I like I liked it there. Yeah, they just let you. This is this is all uh, you know. Uh, th- this is all possible now. Like the, the way you can tell stories with uh, text and cell phones. Right? We talk about how yeah. uh, uh, limiting it is because you could generate so much drama from not being able to locate or reach somebody twenty years ago. Yeah. But there's also this is kind of cool too. Um, mm-hmm. because it's that uniquely kind of like the kind of like weird sleuthing thing you can do and, and 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 make connections and and I, I thought it was nice. It was cool. Yeah. Very good. Uh, the other really good thing about this scene, I don't know
1: why. I just have a soft spot for this stuff. Um I'm a sucker for radio broadcaster announcing the zombie apocalypse. I yeah. love a good and the killers are eating the flesh of their victims. Stay tuned for more
2: at nine o'clock is that why you like Pontypool so much? Because it's just that essence yes. distilled. It's, it's just a DJ <laughs> at the radio station. And like, yeah, a hundred percent. He's got a great fucking voice. That dude Fucking check out Pontypool. If, you, yeah. if you're jaded on zombies and, and you haven't seen it, whew, it's a good one. It's great. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that. And, and she totally
1: ignores it, right? She's so in her own headspace here with the cheating she and the cancer. Off, yeah. And she's just like, fuck this. Give me some music. And then peels out. Yeah, it's a good scene. Lucille waits at home with a gun for Negan to show up. And when he does, she ignores the gun and tells him that she has cancer. What's her plan here? Well, I I mean, you know the plan, right? She wants to shoot Negan. She's pissed off. But why doesn't she go through with that?
3: I don't know,
2: because the show... I guess it's the only thing I can think of, because I I had some, I had like a four question marks typed in my note, just means like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing I can think of is the show is trying to show that she is not a helpless woman that, you know, she is uh, perfectly capable of making the thunder roll uh, as, as uh, Garth Brooks Mm -hmm. would put it. Um. So I, I, I think it's I just went, I went on vacation. with My sister, she listens to a lot of country music. And I was remarking how many how many fucking straight up murder songs there are light night. The lights went out in Georgia. Is, that what, the, is that what Thunder Rolls is about? I, yeah, I've it's never about a woman listened. waiting up for her man who's been up to no good <gasps> while a storm oh, blows in. She's hoping it's the weather keeping him out at light. But, you know, she yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, it's uh, dark. It's a uh, uh, sleepless nights, huh? Thunder Rolls and lightning strikes, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that almost happened to him so I, I guess it's like trying to say like this is a woman who has got resources she got her own fucking job she's capable and she could actually murder this man if she wanted to um, otherwise it might you might feel like that she's just like stuck in this abusive relationship and she's gotten Stockholm Syndrome with this asshole I guess yeah. because it is weird how they just kind of pivot to that and but also I am a contrast between how willing she is to kind of just jump in and do the zombie violence where he's a little bit more squeamish. So they're contrasting their pre and fall uh, and post fall personalities a bit too, Mm -hmm. but it's yeah. That uh, did, did you have anything for, for why they did that? I just legitimately had a big question mark.
1: Um, I mean, other than the fact that like, look, she can't actually shoot him because he's Negan and he goes on to be savior well, negan right like right there, there was right. no way he was ever gonna get shot to death by her but yeah yeah i i don't know i was very confused by that seven months later we're we're starting to flash forward here finally uh lucille tells negan that she knew about janine the whole time and that she's forgiven him and all he has to do is stay here with her and negan refuses He's he's not going to give up
2: yeah so she because I thought the way this dialogue was written um, I couldn't figure the first especially the first time through I'm like I'm not sure what Lucille is advocating for like you got to go out there and fight for me like leave a don't watch me waste away and die just bail versus and I think what she wanted is him to stay with her until she inevitably died yeah. and then go and fight for him but like the way it was written it was a little bit confusing for me it worked it emotionally because again yeah. um you know, uh, JDM and uh, Hillary Burton Morgan, the uh, HBM, have a, hmm. r- a lot of really good chemistry. And some of this stuff just works just because they- it works. But did you find yeah. I-, I thought it was-, it was a little hard to follow the first time through?
1: I-, I did, too. Um And I don't even know that I completely got what fight for me means by the end of this episode, even after mm-hmm. two watches. But. Uh, I thought that this is the scene where the episode really started to impress me. Um, Yep. Because this is a very emotional scene, right? This is Mm -hmm. where, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been doing his thing as like three different guys during this entire time. But this is where the emotion really starts to land for me.
2: Yeah, um, and it's really it, it bookends really nicely with the speech he gives later by the fire, where he, yes. like, this is kind of, like, writes out the thesis of, like, well, fight for me and do that. And him, like, realizing his life has been a reaction to these moments, but mm-hmm. in, like, a very toxic and bad way. Yeah, um, it's a shame but you're right. spiral, yeah. Yeah, you're right. This this is where like the bricks of that kind of foundation were, were beginning to be laid because they were just like tripping over themselves and plot and time vortexes up until this point.
1: Yeah, maybe I was a little too caught up in that. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but it's impossible not to notice as much, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the whole episode is obviously pointing at look what we're doing with these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a little distracting, but not too much. Speaking of flashbacks, let's flash forward two or three more days. And the biker, uh, Craven, holding Negan in the pool hall. He's heard enough. He's, it's time to kill Negan, but Negan asks for his map. He circles the place on it and explains the security systems that the clinic has. Guy says, if they're not there, I'm coming back and I'm killing you. Uh,
2: Can we I, talk about the screw turning
1: we haven't yet. I really wanted to talk about that when we get to Franklin turning the okay, screw. But because
2: but because this whole time Negan has been turning a screw on this chair. Yes. It's gonna have some weird continuity, Franklin, but fuck me if I know what the hell they were trying to suggest to do with that. <laughs> he's got a screw loose, man. He's got a screw he, loose. There you are. He's gotta he's gotta keep he's, turning it.
1: Yeah. He's he's loosening his own screws. <laughs> I don't know. Uh I did like how, you know, this dude is begging him to shut up because I mean, mm-hmm.
2: Negan, come on. Oh, that yeah. This is totally... the first character that's remarked that he needs to shut the fuck up, but it's the first one, maybe, that's had, like, power over him. Well, mm-hmm. I, know, I guess, like, you know, Michonne and Gabriel, people like that have yelled, screamed stuff like that. I'm in his a, a, a cell, but, like, yeah. The, yeah, it's the, more the... more just like, <laughs> yeah, he's always been like this, you know? What's funny, like, this guy, like, <laughs> this guy talking trash to teenagers and stuff, but, like, it makes me think of, uh, I don't know. It's like like Negan's now the doctor disrespect of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, he'd make a great streamer. He didn't he didn't oh he would. He he didn't he doesn't have like a giant mullet and uh rainbow shade glass you know sunglasses, Oakley's, but he does have, you know, the uh the the barbed wire bat and the uh, mm-hmm. crazy 50s happy days bullshit red Lucille scarf called thing. It. I I don't know. Yeah, they you know they used to when, when JDM first showed up, he was a lot more screen actor at Negan clean shaven, and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. they threw that shit out. I think uh, as soon as season set, like uh, as soon as Negan, you know, like after they got past that mid season point,
1: but, as soon as they uh, realized
2: how good JDM looks with some scruff, I wish they'd kept the, I, I like the, the scarf though. I wish yeah. they'd kept that a little bit longer. The, 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 the scruff plus the red bandana, I think is the iconic Negan look. Yeah.
1: Uh, So the bikers return and they let Negan go because apparently all the information was accurate and we see in the parking lot uh, Franklin and his daughter barcode being ransacked. He does Mm -hmm. say earlier that this is his daughter,
2: right? Yes. Is this a figurative daughter, a literal daughter? I think the the wiki describes her as adoptive, and I think uh-huh. the only reason they're they're going that is because of skin tone. So okay, I'm so not sure. yeah. Uh, but but like I think that he definitely identifies her as her his daughter. Yeah, so. I thought
1: so. Um, they're being, their shit's being ransacked, and Nika doesn't care. He hurries off with his cancer meds. When he gets home, though, Lucille has I killed herself. I guess she's taking all these pills. She's got a bag on mm-hmm. her head. I thought the bag was baby. To keep Negan from getting bit when he inevitably has to try and kill her.
2: I thought Cause he's so, but like so it's, bad at it. It's the way to like make sure you're gonna fucking die of a drug True. overdose, you know? Yeah. Um I but yeah, I was like, is like he, she doesn't want him to see her this way or um Well, she says, Don't leave me
1: this way, right? Don't leave me as a zombie.
2: Right. Yeah. And that was the heartbreaking thing, is because you saw that yeah. with the little with the little uh Hard on the door and you knew what the fuck was going to happen next. Um, And yep. the episode just kind of stayed with the uh, JDM and let him process his grief. Like, you know, him sitting next to her bed. She's chained, And it's also like, she's chained like just out of his reach so he can sit on the foot of the bed and have like, almost like this goodbye. And he rips his mask off of her. And that's when I'm like, Oh, this really looks a lot like Samantha alpha. Morton yeah. as alpha, like the way she's, but, but also she's a zombie. So, like, again, it's like, I was like, man, this is really kind of fucking clever how they're putting a lot more meaning into those earlier scenes where he's seducing Alpha. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's completely 100% blowing shit up her ass. Uh, yeah. Sunshine up, her. <laughs> Blow the shit right back <laughs> up her ass. Why you blowing shit up her? Yeah. Yeah. That's not what you want to blow up, people. It's it's well supplied. Automatic. Um, Yeah. Uh, It's it's it's. And then. <laughs> then you are so beautiful. Plays and it's one of yeah. those things where it's like, uh, we just saw the Suicide Squad and it does this shit a lot too, where mm-hmm. it, the movie really teeters beyond like, ha- uh, on the edge of having you taking it seriously. But like the Suicide Squad's definitely like something you don't take that seriously. This had the opposite problem where it was like, ju- like when that started up, like, is this is this fucking show earned this moment? And I'm like, yeah, because like Je- I think Je- so. Jeffrey D. Morgan's just losing his shit. Yeah, Um, but if he was anything less than like that convincing of how devastating his loss was, I would probably laugh at the scene.
1: I'm with you. It it takes an actor of that caliber to get to this place without uh, making it feel
2: unearned so a lot of confidence in the room to to do the scene as it was with that sound cue, but it was very, very effective. Yeah. I, I found this very like this. I, I very rarely do I get emotional watching the walking dead. Mm-hmm. And when I do, it's usually children involved. This was just a great performance. really connected with me. It was. Yeah.
1: Got a little, got a little smoky in there and it got mm-hmm. real smoky moments later when he decides, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to become Negan and I got to kill my wife. Uh, and he, there's a lot of hesitation, but he eventually wraps his bat in barbed wire, puts on his jacket and burns the house with his wife in it, Then he rides away on his motorcycle. The way he busts out of his house like a demon from hell.
3: Um, I felt like. Was.
2: The gear that Mandy wishes it could have gotten to. <laughs> do You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like if they'd have done something like that rather than have like, okay, we're just gonna film Nick Cage doing his Nick Cage thing uh, for two minutes. I, I feel like that movie would have been ten times better. Not, I think Mandy's great. I've I've watched it a couple times now. But um, it, yeah, it's
1: there's a sensation I'm feeling in this scene, uh, uh almost a uh, being compelled to cheer for uh-huh. for a guy that I know is is just the worst kind of scum. But like those other guys have it coming. Right. I mean, he kind of comes by and honestly in this scene, he just takes it way too far. He, he does exactly what he said about
2: killing zombies. He's afraid he'll get used to it. Yep. And, uh, when, when all you got for a tool is a barbed wire baseball bat, the whole world looks like heads that need to be smashed, you know? It's true. Um, So, yeah, uh, yeah, but, but he is just, he, this is a, this is a, this is a hero origin story. You know, like when he busts out of that, it flaming house um and kicks the door down and 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 uh peels out his motorcycle and smashes his own mailbox um it's literally the death of himself his self and him reemerging as this heroic figure and you want you want to see these guys get the negan treatment, and it's interesting yeah. to see that like from that side, like what Negan looks and sounds like when he's on your side mm-hmm. and you can totally see how the saviors would just fall- eat that shit up, right yeah like. You know, when someone needs to get got and they've done you dirty and they fucked your medicine and they're now your wife's dead. Uh, you want him to stop a muddle on these guys and he does for sure.
1: Uh, so the bikers are trying to beat some information out of Franklin about where they keep the good stuff. And Negan returns to this, uh, pool hall, biker bar, whatever, uh, starts bashing people with Lucille and then he shoots a guy and that distracts the bikers long enough for Franklin to get loose. And take down the head biker. And then Negan comes in and tells the guy a story about how he almost killed a guy once and got fired and sued. And when the story's over, Negan kills the guy. Alright,
2: let's talk first things about the fucking screw. Yes. What the hell are they doing (laughs) with the screw, man? The
3: screw is a metaphor for... Becoming
1: a zombie. I don't know. I have no fucking idea,
2: man. Like, if, if, if Negan wasn't always screwing around, other people would suffer. Like, you yeah. know, like he, his screwing around is, has a, a hidden purpose and that it incrementally gets someone else sitting in a chair. Like, what the? F- I, I don't understand why they needed the show. Negan struggling with the screw Mm -hmm. like if they just did Franklin and it's like oh he gets that's how he's gonna like uh, 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 save himself and just make a distraction for Negan but like there's this weird kind of like almost like expected one last flashback where Negan's like Hey, Doc, if you get I'm going to give your location up under duress, but I just want you to know I've been working on this screw And another couple turns. You could free yourself real easy because they they tie you up the same dumb fuck way to the same dumb fuck chair. Apparently, and this Busted whole fucking bar full of chair. chairs. It's always this one. This is their interrogation chair. It's got the yeah. shit and the blood and the urine on it. They don't want to get it confused. It's I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. It's also a bad chair. It's just a bad fucking chair. I mean, it is, what kind so. of chair
1: do you pull the the a single screw out of one of the uh, pe- pegs? I don't I don't know what is this called uh, the spokes of the, the cha- spokes yeah. of the chair, and the, and then there's no but peg I, holding it into the chair. It's just a screw.
2: Yeah. I've got chairs that are designed that with a sin- single spindle that goes up and down. That's kind of like bracing the rest against, the, I guess, the way the back. So mine are like that, except for mine have two. But they all offset. had screws. They all had screws, man. But only the one like so they threat the way the way they. So I'm saying this stupid way they tied this guy <laughs> yeah. up, made it a like a single point of vulnerability. He's able to just get it and yeah. dip and then his hands are free. And I wanted to see the, him do a glen. I wanted to see him bust out of this fucking chair and use hell yeah zombie use, bones for you, you use using chair legs or something I, I but I, I like I said I, I can I can I can talk around the Franklin shit I just don't know why they had they 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 emphasized in two yeah, different flashbacks right. him working on those screws and if they were going to go for a metaphor does it apply equally to both of them and how I yeah they're it's not like, the same people yeah like if there's, there's something like I like okay well we're telling a story of a guy who's doing an act it's not going to save himself but it's going to save someone else so the act is worth doing but like what there's so many other ways you could approach that metaphorically yeah uh because i i that's what i thought It's like well they're going some way about him investing in the community that like individual actions are not but no they it's it's just i don't know i don't know why they did it it's weird i agree uh
1: let me flash forward another 12 years And Negan uses Lucille for the first time in a long time to kill a walker. And Lucille shatters. It's just, oh, man, the elements. Talk about exposure. Lucille's feeling it. Uh, Negan apologizes to his dead wife and his bat for all the mistakes he made and then lays her to rest in the fire.
2: Yeah, I thought that was, I mean, this is the word this whole scene is amazing. Yes. And again, like I had this moment where he's like wrapping the bat in a funeral shroud and like laying it and burning it just like he did to his actual wife. Mm-hmm. And I had to ask myself, has this show earned it? And I'm like, yeah, it has. Or it, 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 in less than an hour, they've got to the yeah. point where they can unironically have Negan giving his dead wife, baseball bat of a, a fyric funeral. And I'm getting teary eyed about it. The thing is, it's not an hour, right? It's, seasons uh like they have i
1: feel like the entire arc from him being imprisoned from the you know slitting of his throat by rick to now those seasons have been building to this and without that like without me wanting negan to be redeemed without time and distance from all the horrible shit he did to all the people we care about
2: i wouldn't have gotten there with this episode but they yeah, they and they did, did a really right. good job of, and I don't know, like if this is straight from the comics. I still haven't read the comics, um but like I think they did a really good job of taking things we used to call this on Breaking Bad. Like it's not that Vince Gilligan planned shit to happen in season five that that he set up in season two. It's more like they're fans of their own show, and they always right. saw like jumping parts. Like you know what we can, uh, uh we, we had this weird statue and this one guy's thing, and what would. And I feel like that they did. There's like, you know, the fact that like Negan's been good with children. Like, why does he's like, why does he have this exceptional facility with children? Well, he's an educator. Yeah. You know, apparently he's passionate about it. He's good at connecting. And it's kind of like that dumb jock kind of like, yo, ball, you know, nut tapper kind of way. Like, you could <laughs> right? kind of like they, they, they brought a lot of the stuff that we knew about Negan and kind of like Han sold it all together, but not in like an excessively self referential way. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just really impressed. Um, again yeah like uh the 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 thing is like um the jeffrey dean morgan speech to the bad guy where it's like this classic long-winded negan speech that you've dreaded um but now you kind of enjoy because you know this fucker's going to get beat to death at the end of it yeah um the 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 lucille physically splitting the first time she's used for violence after he digs her up like that Mm -hmm. i thought it was fucking rad um you know him, appear apologizing for everything, and even even in, in in Negan's voice, like you know, I hope wherever you're at in the afterlife, you're fucking your brains out. Yeah. Well, not really, because I'm kind of jealous. But you know, fair is fair. Like, I it's it's that, and that's the stuff I think I made it work because it was just a straight up like you know Emmy speech with all that shit out of it. It wouldn't have felt like Negan, right? Right. So yeah, it's a hell of a scene, and I mean. You know, I, I get a little
1: choked up watching it just because it means so much. It, it almost means a lot to fans of the show, too. I think like we're approaching the end of this series. And there's a character that's been with us for a long damn time. And boy, you've been on a journey with him for the last. Five years. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. It's been a long so, time. I, I mean, to have him to fin- finally get that episode where you understand him uh, and you can sympathize with him I think is a big accomplishment the fact that they didn't fuck this up I, I don't know what this looks like if Angela Kang's not running the show if we still yeah. have like Mazara or
2: Gimple <sighs> or somebody running this thing like yeah these like these just like throwaway bonus episodes oh my god right um, and and trying
1: to do some inside out
2: flashback flash forward thing They they would have fucked this up so bad and I will say that this isn't flawless like I do think the idea of having his kind of con air moment being a guy talked over (sighs) his wife's favorite song at his favorite bar is a little bit baseline more unhinged but I guess they're thinking um I don't know what these fucking writers think. Do they think that there's like this? There's like you're born and a person like you're either born a person going to punch someone's lights out or you're not, mm-hmm. because, like, I feel like almost anyone can be driven to a point where they're going to th- 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 fucking throw hands. Yeah. And if you haven't been in that situation, you've been punched in the face or punched someone in the face, then like, I don't know, pat yourself on the back for having such a privileged life that you've never had to engage in fucking mortal combat in the real world because you ran across a wrong, crazy ass fucking person. But yeah. like, I, I felt like, you know, it's it's always this shit, not like a drunk guy was like trying to hit on my wife. And I said, hey, buddy, take it easy. And he swung on me. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. then, you know, you get to get the assault charge because sometimes life isn't fair, but like you understand and how that could like better play into the whole speech he gives where I was like, you know, it turns out no one's keeping score anymore. Now I don't have to like look out for spare. But the way they did it, it was just. I don't know. Negan seems like a loose cannon asshole, but uh, maybe that's bit, what yeah. the show thinks that like, well, it takes a guy like that to slip into Neganism. But I think it's yeah. scarier to think that you, any one of us could be Negan. Sure. With the right form of like with the right upbringing, the right time in your life, the right people to surrounding you, the right, you know, tragedy hits you. Um, but I feel like the show thinks that you got to have to be some kind of like seeing red, Screws loose to to become that and <laughs> and and I said that they done that, um and or like ch- choosing one of two things like he's just a deadbeat kind of like loser or he's like a little bit violent but like and or he's a he's a he and or he's a flander but giving him all three made it seem like because it's not like Negan did five years of service to his wife like to show even no, makes like like like, seven well, months oh, was it seven months or weeks probably months I think it was like seven months between when she tells him and when. And yeah. and so when she forgives him, I thought that there, but like I, that's all. So the show had all that tide working against it, running against its favor, and it still fucking worked. Um, so I will say if you
1: are like the kind of person who, you know, thinks they could see red and probably beat up somebody in a bar or outside a bar, just all you got to do. Don't register your hands as deadly weapons. That's all I'm yes. saying. Just don't go. Don't go to the office of deadly weapons and register your hands. It's not worth it. Like, it might be cool when with, you flash the license, but trust
2: me, you get in a fight in a bar and you're going to wish you didn't have that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be next door to John Malkovich <laughs> and you got to right. hear his shit all the time and it's not going to be fun for yeah, you. Yeah, Cyrus so. the Virus and fucking Steve Buscemi trying to hit <laughs> him and a And fucking Bubba from <laughs> Bubba Gump Shrimp and what are you going to do then, huh? Right? <laughs> uh, we do have one more
1: scene to talk about and this yeah. is maybe... I, I don't know what they're doing in this scene. We'll talk about it. Uh, Negan returns to Alexandria. Carol tells him Maggie is definitely going to kill you if you stay here, but at least it won't be on her conscience now. And then as he walks back into Alexandria, Negan like smirks at Maggie. It, it, I don't know if this is meant to be a smirk to the audience. Like, hey, there's some cool shit coming up. Because Maggie hates Negan and Negan's back, baby. Is this like I'm supposed to see that smile, not think, hey, he's smiling at Maggie. He's smiling at me as an audience member saying, get ready for season 11. What is it? Because it doesn't
2: make any sense. Dude, it was because like this whole episode is gearing us up to think that Negan has put his past behind him. He's really gaining insight in who he is and what his wife really meant to fight for her. And now he's going to fight to be a part of this community. He's going to like fight to be in that as hard as he did to fight to get to Alpha's inner circle. He's going to like put his fucking back into it. Mm hmm. And then Maggie, you know, stares daggers down from the pitcher's bound as he's going around the fucking bases, celebrating his win over Carol. And he, he gives her a shit eating. I, I don't know. It it was it 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 walked back a lot of the progress. And to me, a yeah. little bit alarm bells going off that we're going to be we're going to have some meaningless, stupid drama that doesn't really make any sense and is contrary to all the arcs that the character should be in, mm-hmm. you know. Because one thing Maggie is not is white hot about Negan. I don't believe it. I don't believe that her husband died eight years ago and she's raised this kid and she's been away from this time and her like and she comes back and she's just like like she never left with Negan. I don't know. Maybe I, I've never yeah, had it's been a long time and they've encountered the fucking what do they call them? The Reavers.
1: Yeah. So yeah. like I would think she'd be more concerned about them than Negan at this point.
2: Especially if she's got everybody in Alexandra telling him, no, Negan's cool now. And to be fair, I've never seen a person beat the love of my life's brains out right in yep. front of me while I'm screaming helplessly. So, like, maybe that does stick with you for for longer. But I just felt like, again, the show dealt with this, and it's going to feel a little bit like morgalizing if Maggie, like, if, if, like, a whole season-long arc is, is oh, my God, I want to try to kill Negan. Yeah. Um. So, and then Carol, like, I also thought the way... Melissa McBride needs to settle down a bit. Um, she is getting a little, a little too loose and jokey and broad in her Carol performance. Is it is or uh, yeah. like
1: Did this start? I mean, this I feel like this is only a COVID break bonus episode thing. Like it started yeah. in that episode with Daryl, right, where he goes. She's trying to talk about her bionic legs and kickstart a fucking horse, and sure she's just like joking constantly right after some of the most serious shit
2: she's ever done yeah just improv it why not it was weird hey man we've you. all gotten a little we've we've all laxed our standards like you're probably you're wearing pajamas now oh fuck yeah right now so, yeah. so, well, so yeah, here, here's where we're at I think she's metaphorically showing up in, in the acting sweats yeah you know, it's it's like you know, is this even a real production? There's not. There's only three people here, right? Including including the guy behind the camera, and uh, I'm Man, sorry, And that's JDM's kid filming this. So, <laughs> God, fooling me. I'm wearing my sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see if they can tighten because, like, I, and and we have feedback to this effect. There's a lot of okay. people not super happy with the bonus episodes and the, the overall direction oh, the yeah. show has gone in the last few. And I and I'm I'm willing to, but the Okay, so I think we should just save all this talk for the feedback section. All right, let's do it. Oh, we're ready to get to the feedback section? Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Okay, well, there you go. Um, Let's take a quick break, and we'll get right to it. We'll open up the mailbag.
3: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
2: Hey, we're back with feedback. If you'd like to send us feedback, uh, do so. Watching dead at baldmove.com. And I'm excited because like uh, we're all caught up. Everybody, we're all on the same page now. Starting next week, you know we're going to have. Well, we're not because they released the first episode on AMC Plus. So season one, episode
1: one is out right
2: now. It is, and like so. So here is um, what our plan is: since we have AMC Plus and we can watch this episode a week in advance, is that we are going to start releasing our main coverage of The Walking Dead on Sunday night, like at nine five, as soon as the episode drops officially. We're going to release our full coverage and then middle of the week, we're going to do a feedback episode um, since we can't. You know, obviously we'll be recording it in advance and we um, it's it's mm-hmm. crossed our mind that maybe what we should do is watch the thing like as soon as it comes out and do like, you know, uh, on AMC plus. And I know some outlets are covering it that way. I saw like Decider and, and H or uh, an IGN are treating it as like that's the broadcast date and everybody else can catch up a week from now. If if that's a mistake, we can maybe in the next uh, third of the season, we can adjust. But right now, I think we're going to release it when everybody gets to see it on on cable or their favorite service. And um, we'll have a, a midweek episode. So it should like if you're one's one's a drop uh, watch, wait until it comes out on TV or to release on your cable box or whatever. Uh, then you will have our full cut. Co- you can listen to our podcast as soon as you get done with the episode. So mm-hmm. we're going to try it that way. And we might make adjustments. Uh, um. Just in response to how how people are enjoying that that release, so uh but yeah, next week uh this sun actually not next week, this Sunday night you will you'll be able to hear a full take on the uh, season premiere so yeah. of season eleven all right, first up, watching dead at baldmove.com is where you want to send all these takes uh Robin, hey guys, Robin from Georgia here again. I live a little bit more out uh, than an hour outside Atlanta in a pretty rural area. So regarding Daryl finding a car in the middle of nowhere in the woods, there are lots of places around here where guys work on cars a lot. They drag cards out in the fields when they're, get, uh, when they're done getting parts off them. Didn't surprise me that Daryl found one and that it appeared to be in the woods. That many years since the apocalypse, the woods would have grown up around the cars in the fields that were away from the houses. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. This, uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Is like in, in my, because I grew up in a rural area of Indiana, and in my experience, like people that did that usually had like, you know big property but they may have a lot of money but they like working on cars and like you said they just kind of turned their backyards into big junkyards and this mm-hmm. seemed like just like cars not and then there's su- somewhat loosely organized like usually don't like drag a car and then 50 yards away there's another car and then you know they're kind of like in some kind of you know order but you know again maybe it's a little bit different in 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 georgia yeah um, beard down there yeah, well, everybody is like, yeah, you know, we get weird in the city, We get weird. In, or it's just uh, mm-hmm. whatever weirdness you're comfortable with. I'm, I'm one of those day walkers. I'm comfortable in the hollers and in the, the alleyways. Uh, I can, I can r- walk in both worlds. <laughs> anyway, uh, OK, now we're going to address some uh, criticisms of the show. Let's put it up. We got a short form one and then a longer form. First up is Jake. I think your opinion on this last season and these webisodes, as you called them, are a little maybe biased based on your hiatus. I think the time away helped the wounds left by the show that you were able to take a deep breath before you waded back into the swamp. We, on the other hand, we have never stopped watching. We have decided to hate watch it all the way through to the end. And I can tell you the Kang era is no different than the last oh, six seasons. Bullshit. It's still a garbage bullshit. show with terrible action, acting, plot holes, cheesy dialogue and unbelievable decision making by characters. The only interesting character left is Negan and they are wasting him. It's obvious that the show should have been his since Rick left. They should have based the whole show off him, turning it into a leader and the mistakes he makes along the way. They had this great actor sitting on the sidelines and all these garbage characters wasting our screen time. Princess in a boxcar and Carol cooking rocks and weeds. Shocking. I can't believe something that bad was on cable TV. The Princess episode seemed like a high school production. Everything about it was bad. Camera work, acting, directing. I can't tell. I don't want to crush these actors too badly. It seems when everyone they bring on is terrible. So it must be something with the direction or production crew. I mean, that's the thing is, especially back in the old days, like a lot of these people have been on much better things, mm-hmm. like critically acclaimed actors. Uh, and like they didn't forget how to act when they came on the show. It's just they I, I think they do the best with the material they're given to them. Yeah. Um, Carol stumbling around the kitchen in that montage. I mean, what the hell was that? Was that supposed to be funny? Feel free to bash the show. I hear you all making excuses for webisodes, but you don't need to. Trust your instincts. Love you. show. If I recall, we bashed the hell out of that episode. I Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> look, to each their own. Yeah.
1: I think uh, that the Angela Kang era has been much, much better. Oh, 100%. Like, there is a gulf between the, the bullshit, the abject bullshit we were being spoon-fed in season seven and eight versus when Kang took over and seasons nine and 10, I think have been much better on the whole. Um, yeah, the bonus episodes have largely been shitty. I uh, I will uh-huh. give you that, um, with some exceptions and this Negan one is good. I, I do agree. Like Negan is one of the best characters at this point. Um, especially now that half of our characters we love are gone and then That's the other one like, came back after multiple years gone and we don't really even know who she is anymore. So like there's a little yeah. bit of last man standing syndrome here, right? A, a little like, bit, yeah. He's the best character by default. Yeah, for sure. Um I agree with you there. But I, I think there is a night and day difference in the storytelling uh between and- Kang and, and Gimple.
2: Yeah, I I I think it's differences in degree, not necessarily like straight up opinion because you're you're right. Like when you you're going down the uh um the litany of uh, insults, the camera work, acting, directing, uh oh, You didn't even
1: mention the score. The score has been god awful. Um
2: yeah. or the music choices. I mean, the score is fine. The music the, choices The terrible election, action, stuff. acting, plot holes, cheesy dialogue, unbelievable decision making by ver- like I've seen that and we usually call it out in isolation. But the mm-hmm. one thing they I think that they've done very well is really centered the characters and given them clear-cut motivations and, you know, just had them kind of play off each other's natural differences and have them react event. I, 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 I just felt like there was night and day difference between that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Michonne did change. He she softened slowly from season nine to the end of season ten as far as trusting other people and really Getting on the Rick bandwagon, but it was a whole process. It wasn't like one episode, we got to honor Rick's vision. Three episodes right. later, we have to kill everyone. Three episodes later, I can't believe I killed everyone. This wasn't Rick's vision. We got to live up to Rick's vision. Three episodes yeah. later, it's time to butcher chill. Like that was literally the playbook for two and a half fucking <laughs> seasons. Coined the show. fucking term morgalizing based on
1: that. it's It has been character after character morgalizing under Gimple's reign. Yeah, and Angela Kang took over, and that shit hasn't really happened. Characters right. don't flip flop as much.
2: So I want to get because there's a longer form, and I want that maybe we can kind of address point by point. This goes along a lot of similar, and has um, some other kind of things that I think they have a point with, and we can talk about. Because I, I, yeah, I will say here's my fear. Here's my deep, dark seated fear for season eleven. That like, because I have inherited a thankless job. In my career, a time or two where I inherited a department that was ran by a real asshole who fucking didn't hire good people, didn't instill good practices, um, you know, wasn't a team player, had a whole bunch of people hating the department. And like sometimes I turn it around. It turns out that guy was just an asshole and he was just fucking up the job every once in a while. What I figured out is that that job made him or her that asshole. Hmm. And that, like, I have turned into the twisted version because this job has pounded me into that shape. So, like, it could be that Kang says, like, you know what? I've been sitting here and I've been observing this and I'm a fan of the show and I'm going to. But like, what happens if like AMC is like, okay, next season, get good. Good news, Angela. It's going to be the last season. You're going to be a big part of the Rick movies or whatever horseshit future we got cooked up. But but you got you got 24 episodes. But here's the thing. We had to pay out Frank Darabont like $500 billion. So (laughs) you're going to have a 12 episode budget for the last 24 episodes. Right. Good luck with that. And it, and and every, and there's a lot of hopes riding on it. It's the last season. So like you gotta, you gotta wrap up all this shit and and come up with something definitive to say. And we've already driven this road way off in the comic book. So we can't get back on that road. So just good. And like, what if she's just like, you know what? Fuck this place. Fuck this place! We tried to keep this thing going a pandemic. It I could so believe that happening, and sure. But the what I'm hoping, the optimist in me is saying, well, this is all pandemic shit. This was they they yes. wanted to do other things, but everything was shutting down. Everyone was preoccupied, and then they came back, and then these episodes Because and I'm hoping that we're going to get back, and we're going to have a satisfying conclusion. But I don't know because e- both of those things are kind of plausible in my mind.
1: Uh, well, I mean, my hope is that AMC. wakes the fuck up and goes, oh shit, this is the last season we have to get this thing right to launch all of our other properties on. We have a lot of eggs in this basket. The, the, the walking dead CU is a very much a thing and they want to keep that alive. So if you want to do that, you got to treat this part of the property, right? And you got to give fans conclusion that will make them want to continue on this journey with you. And if you don't, that could kill the, what you know, whatever kind of goose this is, a uh, a
2: bronze goose. Yeah. Uh, it point. certainly doesn't seem like a golden goose anymore, but it's, it's definitely I've not also, nothing. I've also watched the, you know, AMC brain trust shepherd this show from an 18 million right. viewer a week powerhouse to whatever it's languishing now, three to 4 million people. I think it was struggling to get 2 million during the, the, these, these webisode episodes. So yeah, you know, that's always, this has always been, it's golden goose and they have, proven to be more than capable of killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh so but I, I hope not. I, I like I said I'm I'm hoping that the angels win instead of the devils, but uh you know if Angela Kang decides she doesn't give a fuck because she can't get paid to give more fucks than the people signing the checks, then I could understand that too. But uh Yeah. Let's move on. Because it's but this is a this is a fundamentally different situation than every other showrunner switch we've been on where it's like, well Darabont, you know, but then uh, we gotta give this this guy we got to give uh, this guy a chance. And then what like, he turns out sucks. But this one guy wrote a good episode and we like, but he's going to need he's kind of green. He'll need this like we had two, I think, really good seasons comparatively. So there's a track record and a pedigree and an instant change where it's like it's not based on is just hoping something would get better. Things have got better. But let's look at Yusuf here because he's got an interesting point, too. I've enjoyed your coverage of season nine and ten immensely, just as I've had your previous seasons. I've enjoyed your coverage of the bonus episodes as well, especially since Aaron has totally upped his Daryl impression game to perfection. It's better than ever. I'm very flattered. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Let me say that I did did enjoy seasons nine and ten, and I did enjoy them a lot. But the last few episodes of season ten had some of the same kinds of problems season seven B and season eight suffered from. For example, is he talking
1: about the bonus episodes, right?
2: He's talking about the last few episodes of season ten which include the like lead up to the finale, which we had problems with too. If you'll recall, like we're on like a nine or 10 episode run of mediocrity for this show. Mm -hmm. Um, so starting with the, like, let's say three episodes, like the three episodes of the, the last of season 10 and then the bonus episodes, the the whisper Connie getting stuck, uh, in the mine, Carol doing her thing, everything from like probably alpha dying on, on forward. Um, Everything uh, has suffered. For example, starting an episode with a plan in motion without telling the viewer what the fuck the plan is, then doing a shitty job explaining, and/or the plan turning out to be so simplistic that didn't warrant the postponing of the reveal, such as the music wagon pulling the horde away from the hospital. They actually only told us the plan after it had changed because they were originally going to do the wagon trip from Oceanside. And then you get to the nature of the plan itself. Are they trying to tell me that the entire population of Alexandria Hilltop Kingdom and Oceanside hit out on the upper floors of that hospital. And how the hell did they move all these people without a whisper or lookout noticing? I know there's been talk about the pandemic affected shooting schedules, and there might've been some changes to accommodate that, but I don't really see how that was anything to do with the silly riding and it, uh, not being a COVID symptom. Then came the last hopper when Carol and Lydia somehow led a, a horde of hundreds of walkers to the fall off of a cliff without the loud music attracting them. If it's that, if that's possible, then why do we need the music wagon plan in the first place? All right. I have an in-universe answer for this, and that is that Lydia was trained to be a walker Mm, herder. She's a a guardian herder. Yeah, literally. They they have, and it wasn't every whisperer, but they had their elite cadre that were like the shepherds of the guardians, and they knew how to influence their movement by the way they walked and all that kind of stuff. So, like, gotcha. I guess it begs the question. Why not that plan in the beginning or instead of all the ridiculous uh fucking medieval drilling with swords and shields and shit they did in the beach why Lydia didn't have like walker herding like imagine mm-hmm. if Alexander's went all in on the secrets of walking herding that would really been a fr- <laughs> that would really been a dick bender for Alpha wouldn't it <laughs> right <laughs> Alpha sends the horde and they just redirect them back. Yeah this is constantly just like it's fucking yin yang shit um but but I think that's what you're supposed to understand is she just had the secrets of, of Walker navigation.
1: OK, I mean, we um, ripped we ripped that episode and we did rip it one. pretty hard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that whole episode was just befuddling and uh, we called it as such. So I'm with you, Yusuf.
2: Um, on the other hand, I did love how they handed the cult aspect of the whispers, and I enjoyed Aaron's comments on the topic. I specifically enjoyed how they showed how damaging and lasting a cult leader's legacy can be. I mean, Angela Kang is no Lindelof, but she certainly hit the mark on how to handle such a dodgy subject matter. It's a gutsy killing off the season's main villain and only the 12th episode of the season. There is already a huge benefit over previous seasons. They stretched Negan out so yeah. fucking long. They stretched everything out so fucking yeah. long. And uh, maybe you could argue that this was maybe because I think we did that there was a couple episodes of Flab, but yeah for for most part they they got to the fucking point with that mm-hmm. um, uh, beta still felt or felt alpha all around them after her death, and in his mind he was still receiving orders from her his her poisonous ideology was her only deriving force, even more so in her death in her life. I thought it was pretty clever and very true to the nature of cults um however, unlike you and that i guess that's the thing it's like the fact that they were saying something about that is. Pretty different than like Morgan deciding whether he should stick sticks into people
3: mm-hmm.
2: or make goat cheese, you know, yeah. like big, heady stuff, forming new governments, opposition of cults, all that kind of stuff. It says, unlike you guys, I found Negan's transformation to be less than believable, not to be confused with his redemption arc, which I found is handling being handled pretty good. Uh, Negan was this brutal authoritarian leader. He led through a strong cult of personality presence, a regime of strict rules and gruesome punishments, a leader of like, which we've seen numerous times in our real history. He held hundreds of strong and tough men and women under his command. He organized his army and outposts, had a work for food system in place for the weak ones who cannot be soldiers and basically had, quote unquote, consenting sex slaves. And he subjugated entire communities to his will and forced them to pl- uh, pay tribute or else is what I'm getting at. It's a huge swing to try to transform such a character to the good guy's side. This is not the kind of person who'd see the error of his ways after spending seven years in a prison cell. It's not even the kind of person who'd have some sort of moral awakening or self-reflection. At the very least, the show has not shown me enough of what motivated uh, him for his transformation. Uh, what do you think of that commentary? Because
3: I guess I just really strongly disagree with it.
1: Yeah, I want to say like a lot of it... I, I don't know. I mean he he had a lot of time, I think like the death of Carl was a big thing for him, yep um I mean, if you didn't buy it, you didn't buy it, like well, I guess I did yeah I, I don't know I
2: don't know what to tell you like people are gonna see things differently, right. Well, and it's tough, right? Cause like I've seen, like, uh, you know, what are you supposed to make like Jamie Lannister? You know, uh, first mm-hmm. time you see him, he th- he's throwing a child that you like and you admire his family out the window to cover the fact that he's fucking his sister. It's so dastardly, right? Mm-hmm. Yet somehow, five books and seven seasons, eight seasons later, he's among one of our more beloved characters. Well, why? Well, cause, you know, there's, there's facets to people, right? And I feel like that, like, again, like, um, I don't know, because like this email, maybe you're the one of those types of people to think that people like there's like there's people that are capable of things like Negan and there's people that are never, ever capable of things like Negan. Um, And I think there's that's true in the margins. Like there's a certain percentage of society that absolutely is just itching to beat the piss out, you know, to beat people's brains in. And there's another small percentage of society that wouldn't harm another person even to save their own life or their children's life. Um, But most of us are probably capable of being either, depending on how we're molded. And I felt like, again, we're talking seven, eight years of things happening. The relationship he had with Carl, the relationship he has with Judah, the fact that he's seen Alexandria thrive, not from organized sex rationing and brutal punishments, but through mutual aid and support. Like at some point, like you got to like, goddamn, in the in the theory of life, your 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 theories have been tested and and found wanting. I felt like they did a good job. And this episode was like the crowning achievement of that. But that community kicked his ass,
1: too. Right. I mean, that's the other thing. Like if he respects violence and he respects uh, physical power over others, well, he got his ass handed to him.
2: And the only reason he allowed was allowed to live is because the character, the, the community's most beloved and the reliable leader had had enough of killing at that point and the endless cycle of violence that it caused that he just unilaterally said enough. So, like, that's a lot of exceptional events that lined up that can really impact a person, especially long term, you know, like thinking about it and meditating on it and all that. So, like, I I thought they did a good job, but people can disagree for sure.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, I'm like pointing out all these reasons why I think he might have been able to change, uh, even given his character. But I'm not saying you're wrong about that. I'm just saying not at all. These are the things that make me believe that he could have changed.
2: Yeah, like I've been doing this a long time at this point. I've seen like, you know, there's people at the end of uh, Game of Thrones like fuck Jamie Lannister. You got and there's people that like at the end of Breaking Bad are like fucking Walter White did nothing wrong. Right. Like it's all subjective and it's all depends on, you know, how much we personally know a Walter white or a Negan and our preconceived notions of them and just how well they pulled it off. And I will say like, none of this was flawless. I'm just surprised that mm-hmm. they they performed at this level, given the, you know, season seven and eight start that they had on it. Yeah. Okay. Finally, the final point, uh, we got some we got some uh, Walking Dead historian uh, uh, business here uh, that uh, Yusuf is going to conclude with. He says, let me remind you of a couple of nicknames you've given and then forgotten. For example, <laughs> Boston awesome. Rob used to be called the Kristen Walk Christopher Walken impersonator in season eight. <laughs> nice. He now has the unique distinction of having been given two different nicknames on the watching dead. Oh, he's also, the only one we've done that I, with think so here's because he his thesis is the savior you nicknamed barcode in season seven and eight for her neck tattoo Mm -hmm. was the one that ratted out dwight denegan is now a member of the alexander council and you've been mistakenly calling her prison tats during your season 10 coverage but that was actually your nickname for magnet in season nine no i thought so (laughs) i thought so (laughs) and this guy started calling her prison tats i'm like is this right is this the way we've always done it i don't know
1: well fuck me i guess like (laughs) <laughs> come on come on that's an honest mistake
2: <laughs> yeah we got a lot of prison we got apparently a lot of prison that to, to go around but uh i thought she might have been shitty tat girl too yeah because we had a lot of shitty ex-girls but that might be on another one that
1: might be an oceanside member I've,
2: true yes right. this is very fuzzy for me yeah because especially with the two-year break that we took they haven't invested as much in learning these people's names no um I thought season 10, episode 11, the one that ends in the battle of Hilltop, borrowed heavily from Game of Thrones season 8, episode 2, with Eugene singing over the radio for Stephanie as everyone prepares for battle. The song plays over scenes of their preparations, emotional displays between family members and close friends, with an overall sense of the impending doom. I found it very reminiscent of the sequences playing under Podrick's singing of Ginny of Oldstones, which showed similar scenes leading up to the Battle of Winterfell. I'm not saying the Walking Dead version was as effective, I'm just pointing out the improbable inspiration for the scene Um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's the other thing is boy, as you get older, you just realize that there's not much new. And like, you know, yeah, it's like the first time you see something is powerful, and then then after that, it's like the best time you've seen something is powerful. And everything else just kind of is like, Oh yeah, I remember when Gladiator was Spartacus and it just wasn't as good, or you know. Right. Uh, it's 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 tough especially when like there's so much comic booky stuff and YA stuff which tends to be already yes. one Very cycle same-y. of cultural laundry, mach- laundry machine like a lot of comic book plots are just dumbed down Shakespeare shit sure uh you know and and the same thing with like kids cartoons oh I mean, my so- god the hero's journey how many fucking times do we have to yeah. see that in a YA oh, yeah. thing oh because and that's the thing it's like you know when you're dealing with like baby's first dramatic fiction they don't know any they don't have any found they should just fucking blow their mind with these basic concepts the same
1: way it blew my mind when i saw star wars it's blowing your mind when you see hunger games or fucking yeah right i don't know harry potter or whatever yeah
2: yeah Yeah. so uh it's it's do you see this stuff all of and like man especially like it's really interesting to see Like, in this very specific genre of, like, ultra-violent superhero shit, like the boys influencing Invincible, which influences Suicide Squad, which influences Deadpool, which is influencing... Like, it's really wild to see these things, like, hyper, like, uh, iterate through all these different, like, action scenes and plot points and... Like, how do you you motivate an anti-hero or a villain? And they're all kind of coming up with the same it's neat. we're in this weird like pop
1: culture petri dish right now where yeah. so much of the same kind of stuff is being made because you know th- this shit didn't really happen uh 20 plus years ago right it, it wasn't like well okay the hot thing right now is jaws and so like there are gonna be 15 high budget uh, blockbuster movies about no, sharks there would be low budget shit yeah, on the blockbuster rack. In piranha in right. and like you knew and that it, it would not iterate or invent anything no. new it would just be like cash ins yeah this stuff is like they're doing it at pretty high levels right everybody is feeding off of everybody else and it's just creating this very fast turnaround of innovation in yeah. the, these particular genres that we're all about right now it's like superheroes Sci-fi is getting that way. Um, yeah. Th- there's a, been a resurgence of that, which I'm happy for. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's wild out there. I'm, I'm and, hoping and then you're we... seeing all the other stuff like kind of floundering, right? Nobody's making great prestige dramas right now. I mean, mm-hmm.
2: they are, but they're very few and far between compared to and the they're so past. fragmented from where they were just a the couple of years ago. And maybe that will yeah. like I, I think eventually that will correct but like, there's just so much like weird shit being made that I'm kind of delighted in. Yeah. Um, and there's so many like talented showrunners getting their 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 shot that like it's just building this huge stable of creative people. And I think eventually um, I, I do. I do worry sometimes that we're headed for like we're just a couple of bad quarters of superhero and Dune movies away yeah. from like everyone be like, ah oh, people hate science fiction again. ah oh, fuck. Get it all off the air. But like, sure. I'm really enjoying the shit out of having like the Expanse for all mankind. We're about to start Foundation. Yeah, like no jokes, serious science fiction shit. Um, that stuff is just like I, amazing. It's, and do, yeah, Get Made Again. All this stuff is so cool. And then on the fantasy side, you got uh, Lord Dude. of the Rings coming. <laughs> You've got uh, yeah. I mean, uh, what's the other? Um, you got Game of Thrones coming mm, back of the House of, of Blood. Yeah. There's so much cool shit billions of dollars being spent on it and yeah um, I I hope Hollywood never thinks that like people are tired of science fiction and fantasy They were only ever tired of the lazy cash ins
1: oh fucking
2: speaking of cash ins we got to talk about Amazon
1: pulling out of New Zealand I I want to find a place to talk about that because God those
2: mother Mm. maybe OTC we'll have to do it off the clock because you're right I and I'm like (sighs) my opening salvo in that argument is like (laughs) so much of fandom is about goodwill and uh-huh. respecting your ancestors. Even if you're, you know, you got to pay lip service to the greats and like, yeah. this is heresy. This is heresy Dude. to the Lord of the Rings. Fandom middle earth is New Zealand. New Zealand right. is middle earth. All right. All shut right. it down. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. it later, but yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, the preview podcast for an Amazon Lord of the Rings, because right. good Lord. What a, what a fucking scandal. It sure is. Anyway, uh, watching Dead at baldmove.com. If you got some opinions on Negan, uh, the Kang era, your hopes and fears for season eleven, how you hope things will, will, whatever. what, whatever, Whatever you ever want to talk about? We're here for you. Watching Dead at Baldmove.com. We'll be back Sunday night, right around nine p.m. Eastern, to drop at the same time the on-air premiere of the season eleven premiere drops. Jesus, right. that was an unnecessarily complicated way to describe that. This Sunday night at nine. We'll have full coverage of the new Walking Dead episode whenever you get around to watching it. We'll be back middle of the week, thereabouts, with a feedback episode, and we'll just repeat that throughout this season. I hope you, you know, it seems like you will join us into the new stuff. You've, you've got this point slogging through the old stuff, uh, but uh, we just got a couple days, just a couple days until we have a new Walking Dead. WatchingDeadBaldMove.com. Follow us on Twitter at BaldMove. Uh, we'll see you next week or this weekend. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.